You're listening to the Purpose Driven Person Podcast. This podcast is made for leaders unwilling to give up their desires to be purpose driven. Guys, I made this show for a compass for you to have more purpose in leadership through four concepts creation, communication, collaboration, and connection in both business and in life. My name is Matthew Leland Cox. I'm the founder of Never Give Up Youth Healing Center, Never Give Up Wellness Center, and Never Give Up Foundation. You can find me at MatthewLelandCox.com. Are you ready? Well, let's do this. All right, guys, welcome to another show of the Purpose Driven Show. I'm so excited to have a dear friend here. And we're going to be talking about something that's uh, very important when it comes to the corporate world. You know, being in the corporate world for so long, uh, being an executive, it can be a high burnout. And, you know, when I was thinking about this and working with people, I thought, who could I bring on to really address this going from corporate world down doing to doing what you love? So, Adriana, thank you for coming on the show. And I'm excited to have you tell the audience before we dive into it who you are, a little background, then we're going to get to work. Yes. Hi, Matt. Thank you. I'm so happy that you that you are connected with me again because I miss you and your family and your kids and your kids. And um, I'm just excited that we're having this conversation today. Um, so basically, I left my corporate career. Uh, I'm going on eight years almost. Eight years, I had wow. a, a great corporate career in finance. Um, before that, in tel- telecommunications, and then um, before that, I was in the United States Air Force. And uh, life was good for a period of time. Uh, I learned a lot in the corporate world. And at some point, I learned that it wasn't just about making money. It was really about um, giving back and making a difference. And uh, I have always been an entrepreneur since I was really young. Uh, When I was in in, uh, high school, I had my older sister, uh, you know, make a quarter of a million dollars as as an 18-year-old selling makeup. And I knew that um, you know, the way of, um, you know, making the moolah was to either sell a product or, you know, have something to do with business. So with that in mind, I um, was at the university for a couple of years and decided that I was not college bound. That's why I went into the military. And uh, I've always had some type of business somewhere, somehow, uh, working at night for myself and then in the morning working in the corporate world. Now, Granted, I was single most of my life and no children, so it made it very, very easy for me to have two or three, two or three careers, but, uh, but nevertheless, really driven and um, really uh, looking for the next uh, opportunity to elevate my mind and to elevate my finances. And um, long story short, I made that decision to leave the corporate world because I was ready. I was ready to launch my own, um, my own company. Uh, if you will, Adriana and Company, and when I had it for many years, but I just went full, full out and full force and started a, a coaching and training uh, professional development firm and um, a very lucrative uh, business, uh, traveling, uh, speaking. And then, of course, the pandemic hit a year ago and my entire business model just no longer yeah. worked. <laughs> I think a lot of us Here got hit, right? Yeah. <laughs> So I, I shifted, I pivoted, and I'm doing the same thing, only I'm doing it uh, all with videos, and, uh, and I'm uh, 100% online. Um, like I was telling you earlier, you're like my fifth uh, interview today, and I'm, I pretty much coach, train, teach, and speak all day. <laughs> well, good. You're doing what you love then. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm it, on my, oh, go ahead. No, it, it, and it's funny because that's how we met. If you remember, it was speaking. You, you, I don't know if you remember when you first, when we first met, we did an event uh, mm -hmm. that you, you put together. It was, um, oh, yeah, yeah. It was an event to help youth. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that was the first time I, I met you. And it was cool to see the passion you had behind it, regardless mm -hmm. of what you were doing. It's just you put your all into it. Yeah. It, yeah. I remember it was a while ago, right, at the yeah. library. I love your speech, too. I, yeah. I remember that your intro and your, in your talk and your keynote, and then you got down on the ground. And I was like, oh, my God, who is this guy? This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, and you know that, that that's a whole industry too, the speaking um, uh, circuit and the speaking um, career. Really, that's a whole. But I remember, yeah, I remember that that was through our um, uh, youth ambassador yeah. conference. Yes, that was yeah. good times, good times. Yeah, and you know, I remember the biggest thing that stuck out is just you know doing business for so long and doing uh, working with so many people. It's it's the heart and the passion you put into just that simple event. Um, and you didn't, you didn't give up, even if it was a small event, whatever. Uh, that's something I've admired about you, Adriana. You keep pushing to where you're at now. And I think that's what I've noticed um, in today's society is if you just, you just have a little effort to push and, and grind, it's amazing what you can do. And like you said, as a corporate, going from the corporate world, coming down and saying, what was it like? You know, what I've found interviewing a lot of very wealthy persons, but also purpose-driven people, um, a lot of them say, you know, when I first made the decision to go full force, people looked at me sideways, said you're crazy. Did you get a lot of that when you decided to say, I'm going to put everything into it? I did, actually. And I knew that I would get a lot of resistance um, mm -hmm. because, um, you know, at the time I had just gotten married for the very first time in in my in my late 30s and you know so my husband of course married someone that was in the corporate world making very decent money and so for me to tell my husband oh by the way i'm gonna do my business full-time and um and then and then having you know a, a six-figure income completely disappear from the household from one day to another you know he was like what but then at the same time he really believes in me and sometimes even more than I believe in myself, believe it or not. And so I, I was able to confidently walk into this full-time uh, passion in, in business and just go for it. And I think that's really important too, when you have a partner that supports you, um, but around people just were, you know, like uh, for, I'll give you an example. Like I have a girlfriend that would call me like in the early days and would be like, Oh, are you still doing that thing? Well, when are you going to go back to work? And I'm like, I am working. <laughs> no, no, they treat it like it's a multi-level, right? They, they're like, yeah. are you doing that thing? No, I'm, I started a business. That's what I did. And it's, yeah, it's so crazy. So in, in a lot of times, and what I'm really grateful for is that I ha I've coached with the best people in the industry, mm -hmm. John Maxwell and um, uh, Nick. Um, and he, what I learned from them, it was everything is mindset. Everything is about... Yeah not what other people are going to tell you, but about what you're going to tell yourself. And in those moments when people are like, when are you going to get like a real job? And I'm like, uh, I do have a real career, right? Uh, that you have to be so firm and so straight in what you know to be true for yourself that you still move on and you press on and you do what you need to do. And like, for example, when we had that event, right? Like, yeah, there was a lot of effort put in that event years ago. And I really believed in my, in my, 
in my, in all my truth, in my heart, my heart that people were going to show up. And I, you know, and the whole thing was set up for like 150 people to show up. And I think we had like what, 30 30 people in the room. Yeah. And you know, I, I wasn't even embarrassed about it because I knew you did that it. the people that needed to be in the room were in the room. Yep. And I wouldn't have known that, or I wouldn't have uh, really realized that had I not had the training from John Maxwell and from, you know, Peter Diamandis and mm-hmm. from all of these amazing people that I've either read, you know, uh, um, Tony Robbins, you know, I've read all of, all of the books and all of the material and all of the content and, um, I have paid people to teach me how to think about what I think. And I think that's super, super, super important. And so when you do projects like that and only 20 people show up there, I never was, I never thought it was a failure or a mistake. I thought it was a huge success. And then not just that, but then you were the, one of the keynotes uh, and you start off the conference and I'm like totally blown away by your, by your presentation and your, your talk. And I was like, okay, so now we have this relationship of, of being colleagues and being in, in kind of a similar industry for years. Mm-hmm. So that to me was a huge success, you know, uh, but that all comes with mindset that all comes with, um, you know, getting the right mentors, um, as you know, getting the right yeah. training and, in, in learning how to think is how I like to put it. Yeah. And I think I love what you're saying is that I hope those listening is that when you have a concept, it's going to take uh, a lot of effort grinding. You got to grind. It's you got to be gritty and you have to say, Hey, I'm going to have a lot of opinions on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody has their opinions, even your best friend, right? Even your yeah. best friend were, um, but the most thing I, I think I found, and I want you to speak to this uh, in being purpose driven as you work with your clients, as they're, as they're trying to take the information, figure out how to do it, I, I think you hit it. It's, it's also, what do you have in the home? You said you had a supportive husband. How important is that being an entrepreneur, being an idea person to have somebody support you? Because we're crazy as entrepreneurs. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. Um, like risk takers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're like, we're like always on the edge, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, always producing content or writing, you know, content or influencing or um, creating, you know, we're very mm-hmm. creative people. I think it's super important that you have that, uh, that person. And then for, you know, women and men that are not married, that are starting off, that don't necessarily have partners, it's important for you to have a community. So from, for many, many years for me, it was Toastmasters, mm. you know, I would go practice my talks and practice my speeches in Toastmasters. And it was those people that were really supportive. Um, I always had, um, you know, uh, back in the day, like even I think it was 10 years ago, or even 15 years ago, when meetup first launched. And so there was all these meetups, and I would go into these different groups of like minded people, because I knew that whenever I would share this big idea, they wouldn't laugh at me, right. And what I learned throughout the years is that even if I, I love that quote, I don't know who said it, but the quote of if people are not laughing at your dreams, they're not big enough. <laughs> no, and I, think I love it, that i think it's funny it, it's it's exactly what you're thinking is if people don't think you're crazy but think about all the great innovators in time they had some pretty crazy ideas people laughed at walt disney people laughed at all sorts of people that were outside the bit box thinkers but now we look back and we see their success like us being in the speaking industry like you know we see les brown but we don't realize what he went through to get there 
yeah. it's the law of the price tag. You know that theory, right? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. And I met him actually, my friend Mervis uh, Lopez, who uh, I um, did her forward for her book. Uh, she, she coached with him, uh, Les mm -hmm. coached her through, you know, this uh, great program and everything. And, um, you know, we, you know, of course, Les Brown, he goes over to her house, you know, and then I'm privileged enough to, you know, be in, be in his presence because he's so cool. And my friend invites him over for dinner and we're all just chit-chatting. And man, I mean, he's got a story to tell. And the beautiful thing about Les Brown is that he's so down to earth mm -hmm. and he really, his story will it will shift you. It will change you. I first met Les Brown when I was in the John Maxwell program. Um, mm. I think it was 10 years ago in Florida. And I remember I didn't get to meet him personally. He was on stage speaking. But at the minute that this man started talking, I was crying at my table, like the whole time. So everybody at the table came back to hug me and they're all, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, you know. And then, you know, the little did I know that like five or seven years later, I would, I would actually meet him and interact with him. And um, he's just incredible. He's somebody that has shifted people's views and has impacted the wor world through his story. And that's something that, that we should all admire, I believe. Yeah, and, it, and it's cool because we grew up with all those guys, the great Zig and all those guys. Um, so it's so hard. And I want you to speak to this, just being purpose-driven in a time of that technology is so accessible. Because um, back then it was like those were the untouchables, like Tony Robbins, all those guys. And now YouTube, you don't have to have any talent, really. You can just you know put some crazy <laughs> videos on there and you're – you're a YouTube star, right? Mm -hmm. uh, playing jokes and pranks yep. and, and uh, no content, no real substance to it. So how do we compete now with those that are really trying to do messages like less and yourself? I don't think that, that there really is any competition. Ah, I don't think that, that, that less ever will have any competition. No. I don't think that Tony Robbins has any competition because they really coach, teach, train, and educate people on the fundamentals. I love it. The fundamentals are um, love, compassion, kindness, um, being ethical, being honorable, being, being a, a person of excellence. Those are the fundamentals. And, and you're right, I agree with you. They, it doesn't exist in the YouTube world right now. Um, mm -hmm. So in terms of competition, there really isn't any, com even I don't have competition because, uh, you know, I'm a unique, um, less is a unique Matt is a unique and and there's somebody out there waiting to read your story to hear you out so so yeah in terms of competition I, I, I don't think there's competition now there's a lot of different people that think about competition differently and so you're really not even thinking about they're not thinking competition what they're thinking is they're thinking lack scarcity or abundance and those are the two things that if anybody listening if you can figure out those two things and how you think if you're in a, and if you are an abundant uh, uh, person of th that believes that there's more than enough to go around or if you're a person of lack and scarcity and the way that I came to know this was because when I was doing these big events where I was you know paying these huge um, you know fees for these license licenses to do these uh, uh, teleconferences for John Maxwell and I was uh, doing these huge events um, when I would meet up with other coaches and with other people that uh, wanted to uh, partner with me, some coaches would say, oh, but if you have a license, how can we do it too? I mean, there's just going to be too many. 
and there's not going to be enough. I mean, why should we do this event if everybody's going to do it? And in my mind, you know, I'm thinking there's 2 million people in Las Vegas. You don't think, you don't, you think too many people, 2 million people are going to show up to the events. Trust me. And in my mind, I'm thinking there's more than enough to go around. Even if we, if we even if a hundred of us get licenses and we all do the same show, not all of us are going to get 2 million people to come. Right. Nope. So the, I knew intuitively, I knew that person is thinking from scarcity. There's not enough. There's not enough. And then there's other people that'd be like, yeah, I want to partner with you. Yeah, it'll be great. And we can like go, you know, half and half. And they're all about like collaboration and there's more than enough to go around. And so then I would pay attention and I would say, that's the person that I want to partner up with because they're about abundance. There's more than enough to go around and there's no competition. Nobody can compete with me just like nobody. I can't compete with you. And so some people are like, oh, that's so harsh. How could you not associate yourself with that person anymore? But the reason why I do that and continue to do that is because I don't want to have to deal with this individual that, does, that doesn't understand that there's more than enough to go around. That if I do a, a, a project or if I do uh, even a book or something and you copy me, go for it. That's okay. Doesn't matter. Because, hey, there's what, six billion people on the planet and yeah. half of those six billion people will all be connected online right now as uh, you know, uh, Zuckerberg and um, uh, all of these, uh, what is his name, um, uh, Elon Musk, they're all connecting mm -hmm. the entire world to the internet. I don't know if you all know this, but yeah. everybody will be on the internet in the next 24 months. Oh yeah. Okay? That's half the world being connected. Do you think that there's competition like do you come on you know there's so that was my whole, yeah yeah that was my whole uh thing with this with with getting the right coaches you know reading reading the books that really uh talked to my spirit and talked about fundamentals you know it, that's what i learned from these people and i love what you're saying because as a young coach and as a young entrepreneur i had to learn that the hard way like in in my new book it's called there's the piece of collaboration and i really hit collaboration because um, when you're younger, you, you think there is a scarcity, right? Yep. And if you get over that and you say, hey, I'm going to collaborate. I've done that in the mental health business. Yep. Collaboration is huge. But I, I see that with collaborating with certain people in that business is the same thing. Oh, scarcity. There's not enough to go around. I don't want to do. It's the same concept in every industry. Yep. And my feeling is you can still do the same thing I'm doing. But if we collaborate, you're not going to do it. We're doing it differently. But there's a, like in mental health, there's so many people that need it that we're not going to, my one business can't manage everybody. Yep. But if we collaborate and we can take care of a lot more. So if me and you have the same business, um, you, like you said, 6 billion people, we can't, Adriana can't take care of 6 billion people. I but know. Matt and Adriana can do a pretty big dent, right? <laughs> and that's why you see, and I think, I think it goes to what we see a lot of times and we get that mindset. That's why you see Les Brown, John, John Maxwell, all those partner up and they do these big dents yeah. because, because they understand that concept and they know that like, you know, Jack Fat Canfield does that a lot where he'll do a speaker present. You got, you, you come and say, Hey, I'll speak at your event and I'm going to sell some, and you, you, you give Jack 50% of whatever you sell, right? It's called, uh, what is that called? Speak and present. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And because a lot of people don't realize there's two sides of this business. There's either I'm going to be a professional speaker and I have a great story to tell. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's a business, right? Yep. 
And, and that's where a lot of people have to understand is to get a message out, you can have a great message, but you got to know the business side of it. Exactly. Pay, well, that in our industry, that's called pay to play. Yes. You, know, you pay to play. So, and, and really you, when you get deep enough um, into the nitty gritty of our business, it's, you know, you, you, you do pay to play and um, you know, that's a whole other, that's a whole, a whole, a whole other, other podcast, right? Right. <laughs> But tell me this, I want to, I want to kind of go this direction with the, and thank you so much for sharing these things because purpose driven is something that's been a, a, something I've taught over the years. It's just when I used to coach, that's the first thing when people would walk in, I'd say, Hey, what's your purpose? Cause when you, when I noticed in mental health, the people were, you know, kind of down and out, they were losing their purpose. They were, they didn't know where they were heading. And I don't know if you're seeing that. So, you know, working with individuals, how do you help direct them through if they come and say, Adrian, I want to write a book. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, why? How do you, how do you lead them through that purpose and drive them? Cause we know a lot of, what is the percentage of people that will actually do what you tell them as a coach? 20%. 20. What do you think causes them not to, to push through to get, get that done? Is it mindset? What, what is it? Everything is mindset. Everything, everything is mindset. Even if, even if people believe in you, even if you have all the resources, even if you have all the money, yeah, I've seen that. It won't matter if you are not thinking. If you're not understanding that the way that you're thinking is not allowing you to accomplish your goals, then you could have all the resources in the world. You're never gonna. You're never gonna reach that goal. But when I work with people, and I'll ask, like, especially because I work with a lot of new writers and new authors, like, why do you? That's the first per person. First question I ask is like, why do you want to publish? Or why do you want to be an author? And 80% of the time, people want to write a book and become an author because they want to be famous. Oh, is that, is that work? <laughs> How many books never even, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Unless, unless you're Oprah Winfrey's friend, you ain't going to hit <laughs> New York Times bestseller. Never. <laughs> I mean, there's a way, there's a lot of ways and things that you can do, you know, through marketing and, you know, doing the right um, tactics to get into, you know, the hot new releases and, you know, top on Amazon. And those are all mm -hmm. tactics. But, you know, the reality is that if, like, I usually don't, I won't work with people that want to be famous or they want mm -hmm. to be known um, or um, what I, I want to work with writers and people who want to become authors because they want to make a difference. Yep. You know, and I love you say that because, you know, my first book took me seven years to finally finish. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was, it's been a crazy journey because through that journey, um, I added somebody in that book. We did temperament, but the whole reason was I, I just, if one person reads it and changes their life, I'm good because yeah. that changes a generation, right? Oh, absolutely. And in books, books change you books, yeah. books can change your life because uh, somebody gave me a book, uh, oh my God, 15 years ago. It was uh, Greg Braden's book, The Spontaneous uh, Power of Belief, uh, the, the Spontaneous Power of Belief, and it was mm -hmm. about healing and things like that. And that book shifted my entire world. Like, I couldn't believe how one book could change my life so much. And if it wasn't for that book, and I call, if it wasn't for that book, I wouldn't be here right now, but that book opened the door for me. So, that's the power of a writer. That's the power of being an author is that you can open doors for people that, that those people might not even know that those doors were there. Cause I didn't know that door was there until he gave me that book. And I was like, Whoa. So, so it was almost like divinely presented to me. I, I believe that, you know, God has his hand on everything. And that, that book was just, wow. So then from that moment on, I'm like, 
I want to write a book one day. And just like you, um, that my first book took me four years. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually after that four years, once I got that, that first book out, then, you know, eventually the, the eight now that I have all came after and it was quick because now I had broken that barrier. I had broken, Did it. not the fine, because I always had the money to do it. I always had the want to do it. I was, you know, it was, it wasn't any of those things. It was this mental barrier that I had that wouldn't allow me to just publish it. And because I kept putting excuses. So four years. And, and, and I always, uh, you know, share the story about like the four mile mark, right? The, the four mile run of that guy who uh, nobody believed that he could do it in four, in four minutes. And he did it. He did the one mile in four minutes. And then, and then soon after that, like, Years everybody, later, everybody was breaking the record yeah it's so true it's so true because <laughs> that four years later i do the book and then it just it, now it's now i teach it now i'm a coach for it now i do you know online courses for it and it's this getting people to learn how to think yes. and uh, having the right mindset and that in it in its key you say it very very openly is that once you change that mindset it it just opens up a world of wow, this is easier than I thought, you know, because once you get on that other side, because you'll see somebody wrote 20 books like John Maxwell, or yeah. I think he's in more than 20. I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's like 78. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's, but he's learned that code. Like you say, you use the term corporate code. He, you've learned the code of authoring because yeah. it's not yeah. as difficult as people think. They, they, they look at it, but authoring is one piece. I think the mindset, I love what you're saying. And I want to stay on that mindset with purpose driven because it doesn't matter if you're a mom, dad, whatever career it is, is, and you, you, and, and I love this. And I usually don't ask my interviewers this, but you're a mom, you're, I've, we known each other for years and I've watched you growing from that one event we did 30 people showing up and where you're at now yeah. it took how many years to get there because you finally had to break through being a mom, having that purpose because you still had to balance your life. So why did you stick with your purpose? Because some people, Adriana, they just, they just give up and say uh, too much and then they blame everybody else why they couldn't do it. So what, what's different with you? The, the difference is that what I learned through my mentors, what I learned through my coaches was that at the end of the day, nobody's going to believe in you. I mean, no, nobody's going to believe in you as much as you believe in yourself. And even if, if God forbid, you know, I end up being single with my, you know, whatever, even if, cause you know, relationships sometimes don't work. Right. So, and that's okay. But even if all the crazy stuff that sometimes happens to us in life, you still have to believe in yourself and you still have to do the work because you understand that it's all in your mind and you're the only one that's going to drive yourself that's going to drive so once you understand that you don't really need uh, a partner that helps you which is a nice to have or a partner that supports you or friends or meetups or toastmasters you don't really need all those things what you need is you need to know in here you need to know in your heart that you are born for a reason and that your purpose is bigger than you could ever imagine that God designed you divinely that God has put you here at this very moment in time in history so you can shift the world for the better it could be for the better of the planet for the better of a 
family, for the better of a child, for the better of a of, of the world, you know, I like to think that, you know, I'm here because my children need me. You know, I try to keep it very, very um, micro and small. But when I look back and I sit back and I look at all the amazing things that have come before me and that I've had the opportunity to do, I know that, like, I have had the opportunity to make such a big impact, not because I was sitting there one day and thinking, you know, I'm going to have a big impact. It was because I just kept at it and kept doing it and kept, mm-hmm. kept believing in myself. And I kept doing the little small steps and I kept uh, listening and I kept believing in myself, knowing that God would help me. And so here I am and you have, cause I think you've seen me, you've seen mm-hmm. me shift, I think throughout the years. And uh-huh. now it's like, I'm unmovable. I'm, un- I'm unshakable. You, you, we, we call that in sports, you're in the sweet zone, that sweet spot. And, (laughs) and the biggest thing is it's purpose. When I used to teach it with clients, it's once you get in that sweet spot, it's, it's remaining there. Mm -hmm. Even when something shakes you up, like you said, because your purpose is you define it. This is what it feels like when you now know what you're here on earth to do. Um, Because we fight for it. People fight for it until they make it. But then when you make it, now you got to protect that zone. And because even even though you're where you're at, is there still criticism and haters and people that you, it it gets, it gets really, it's, Oh, let me word this uh, (laughs) uh, diplomatically. It gets, it gets tough when you get more successful. Yes. There is more people that say meaner things. Um, because then you're because you have more exposure to more people and more people are listening and more people are paying attention, and then you just get some really um, some really um, interesting comments. And but what I like to what I like to reflect on is oh I wonder I wonder um, why that person feels that way. So then I look back at myself and I say oh, I wonder what what I've done. I take responsibility for me my actions and say oh okay no. Did I act with integrity? Did I act with, was I ethical? Was I um, loving? Was I kind? Was I gentle? And if those things fit, then that person has not really, that whatever that person is doing has nothing to do with me. So it, it gets, like you said, you have to protect, you have to protect this zone, like the sweet spot. I love that. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's the title of, uh, yeah. of our next book, right? Here we, let's do it. <laughs> the sweet spot. Um, but yeah, you, you do, you, you protect it in such a way where, you know, you're not like zoned off, but you do, mm-hmm. you do protect it in, um, in the, the, I think the, the more success you have, the more compassion has to manifest from you. The more compassion you have to have, because the more compassion you have, the more doors open for you. I think I I agree that I agree with that. And here's the last question I want to drive home is, is, you know, being purpose driven, because I know you, I see the books behind you. How much do you read? What is your mindset? Yeah, I know you're a writer, eight books in, but how many books do you read? Okay, so right now I'm doing um, two books a week. And the way I know that sounds excessive, but you know, that's 52 52 uh, weeks. So you do the math on that. And the reason why I can keep up that pace is because if I'm washing dishes, which is really rare, uh, I'm listening to, (laughs) I'm listening to a book. If I am on uh, my computer, you know, drawing, like I was sharing with you earlier, right? I'm taking this drawing class. I'm listening to a book. If I'm in the shower, I'm listening to a book. If I'm walking, I'm listening to a book. If I'm in the car, I'm listening to a book. And, um, and I keep up 
with that because we're, we're living in a time right now where the speed of information is so fast. Yes. And it's not that I don't want to miss a beat. It's just that books are showing up for me and I'm like, oh, I got to read that. I got to read that. Now, I don't read everybody, but I do read uh, specific people. So right now, when you look at who I'm listening to and who I'm reading, it's very specific. So if it has to do with uh, artificial intelligence, I'm reading it. Even, even this book I'll share with you, uh, um, Alvin Toffler, who wrote this book back in, this, in the 80s, and he talks mm -hmm. about what he believed the world would look like right now. Okay, so this book is like 20, uh, 30 years old. Did he, did he okay? get it? Um, and, and I have a couple of his. Uh -huh. I have a future, future shock. The future shock, um, and and so these are the people that I'm reading: Peter Diamandis, Ray Kurzweiler, all of these individuals that are at the at the edges of what artificial intelligence is all about and where we're going. Um, so I keep it, I keep that. So these are my I my AI guys. I'm also writing a book um, being launched before December, which is artificial intelligence. So that's why I'm keeping up with these oh, with these, and then the the pioneers of what people believe artificial intelligence really was 30 years mm -hmm. ago and before that. Um, so this is one area. And then the other area are like the classics, right? These are books that I constantly read and um, constantly um, uh, read again over and over, like The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, because these are the classics. These are things that when you read a book, uh, one time is okay, two, three, four, five. By the time you read a book 10 times, this, this information, like you vibrate this information mm -hmm. and now you are the information, right? Yep. You're like, oh, I know about the, the compounding interest. Oh, how does this work? How does that work? And I get like, my, my brain is always like computing, right? So these books, like if somebody, if I go somewhere and I'm asked to speak, I don't need, I don't even need a, like a draft. I'm like this, 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 this because I'm constantly recycling and consuming information and I am the information. I know that sounds really crazy, but that's, nope. that's what it is. That's how I do it because we're living in a time where we have to, for those of us who are in this industry, we have to teach, we have to yeah. train, we have to coach. And, we, and the most importantly is we have to guide people. Yes. And the only way that you can really guide people and have, and have people see what's up ahead and what's up over the horizon is if you know your stuff. Yeah. And that's as a coach, I always believe that. I love this. I love this because when I would coach a lot of people, I'd say, hey, read this book. And like you said, how many people finish writing a book is about 20%. And coaching, when I'd say, hey, read this book, it's going to help you. And we're going to go through it. 20% would only read it and maybe less, actually. Less, and, less. And, and that's why they would hire you as a coach, because we digest the information. We then give it to them simple. Yeah. they don't want to take that effort because if people read and it, you hear that saying and leaders read right mm -hmm. so i i employ a lot of people and i say hey read this book it's really going to help you in what we're doing i have to force feed it adriana i don't know yeah. why and i think as a coach i think it's just something that we've made in our nervous system that you know purpose driven is we got to read we, we want yeah. even though it. i struggled with reading you know my story uh, i love listening and reading i have my phone propped here on a little thing yep. and i'll listen as i'm multitasking like you it's just it's funny because you you have the same habits that i have when i'm yeah. in the car i'm reading yeah um, and, or and i'm listening yeah these are like these these Great. classics i know you're listening to them right not just one mm -hmm. like how many times have you read this i've, I've read that once 
And it, it, you're, you're more of a deep thinker. I loved it. So I took some concepts out of it. I haven't read the other guys, uh, mm -hmm. the AI. Yeah, these um, are all like, yeah. Yeah, it, and is, was he spot on 30 years later? He was, he was uh, well, he was off. You know, he didn't oh, take flying cars, but he was saying that, that, that we would have, we would have an epidemic. That's why he says a future shock. We would have a physiological epidemic of shock, kind of like post-traumatic syndrome. Mm. And that people, that, that, uh, that the world would be driving and being and becoming so fast for people that they would have a jolt in a shock. And it's true because even in your industry, you know, you're an expert in the mental health industry. That's what's happening. That's why we oh, yeah. have an epidemic of anxiety and an epidemic of depression because of what this guy said. Now, this guy, he was, um, he was uh, contracted by like the South Koreans back in the day. I mean, imagine 30 years ago, right? And by a lot of Asian um, um, leaders, world leaders. So he could, he would go in there and he would advise the president and the, the ministers and the ambassadors on oh, wow. what they believe the future would be like. And it's exactly as he said, we're all struggling with anxiety and um, all of these mental health issues because of what he talks, what he talked about over 34 years ago. The toxicity, that's interesting you say that because I think if you need, think about it, we, it is an information overload. We're scrolling, mm -hmm. we're watching like I, I made fun of it earlier but it is true we all get into it but those those I call them the the videos you watch and you go why did I watch that stupid video yeah um because it just it just rotted my brain even more yeah um but these these kind of content it, I think that's what he's saying is it's really rottenness and I think it's also it's 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 an overload of crap over the good stuff like you're you're talking about and I hate that word excuse it but yeah, it's, true. It, it's it's an overload of all this stuff that we have to now dig down to find the good stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I have to put little reminders when Les posts something or somebody posts something on, on Ted talks so that it'll come to my top because there's just yeah. so much. So, you know, right now we're in an epidemic of suicide for teens. I mean, yeah. it just, it skyrocketed. Uh, you, you'd be amazed what I read every day um, when we're, uh, looking at helping teens. It's just, it's heartbreaking. It yeah. used to be, Hey, I'm thinking about it. No, they're not thinking anymore. They're doing um, it. It's too much. And, and I think it has a lot to do with what you're talking about. It's an overshock of information. So on that crazy note and all that's, that's going on, what is three things you could leave with everybody that they can do during this crazy time? Mm -hmm. uh, both having no jobs out there struggling because mm -hmm. it seems like they and we're in a crazy time of, of, of the U.S. right now. Yeah. What's three things you can leave with us that can lift us up? I think that um, we, we need to make a really, um, a real intention. We need to have a real intention and a real power. And we have to make a decision, a very powerful decision. And that decision, if, and it'll help you. And I know it because I've lived it. We need to monitor our content. You cannot be watching CNN and Fox News and news. Like, forget the news. Like, it is just so warped and biased. Like, forget it. If you need to remove the televisions from your house, do it. Okay? That's how, that's how uh, big time I am on tailored information, on information, you know, because we decide what information comes in. Mm -hmm. And right now, everybody, we're in a war right now with how much information, like, people are fighting for your attention. They're fighting for your attention. So the best thing that you can do for yourself is limit television, limit social media, limit everything and create a plan. And this plan will only be those things that inspire 
that educate, that uh, create the feeling of loving compassion in your heart and your body, because those are he- th- those emotions are healing your body. Um, and content like movies that inspire you, uh, um, follow people that inspire you. Um, if you if you can uh, figure out how you can get some type of coaching, so someone can guide you, because there's so much that, that we we live in a time where you need to be guided. You need to be taken by the hand and someone needs to share, hey, this has worked for me, this can work for you. And then the other thing is um, understanding that living in this, in this, in this uh, moment in time where we have a pandemic and all of that, the most, the most healing thing that you can do for yourself right now is experience compassion if you can during the day, okay? And for me, what works for me to keep me in that zone of compassion is always nature. So going, you know, we go out to either Zion or uh, Mount Charleston, and we're going to go camping this weekend to Red Rock and um, keep staying out in nature, mm-hmm. feeling the sun in your face, just being out and hugging the trees because I'm a tree hugger from California. Um, and those, so those things are, they keep, they keep you grounded. They keep you focused. They keep you, um, you know, they keep you human. And then the third thing is prayer and meditation, like prayer praying, you know, to whoever you believe, whatever you believe, uh, you know, I like to say prayer because I, you know, I grew up Christian and I believe in, in, in prayer and meditation, you know, sitting down and meditating and just being in this moment in, or in this uh, energy of, of gratitude. Those are the, th- the three things that we can all do in our homes. They don't cost anything. And it's just a shift. And you would be amazed when you shift those three things, the world opens up for you. Life changes for you because you're no longer um, somebody that's being pulled by the media, pulled by the politics, pulled by television, pulled by internet. Everything changes for you. Everything, your relationships, your children, you just, it's amazing. So those are, you know, I always like to say that's, that's $100,000 worth of coaching right there. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> you hit everything. I love it. And yeah. You know, the biggest thing is, like you said, they're all free things you can do in your home. It's just keeping your mind protected was what I heard from you. Yes. And that's huge. And, and I really appreciate you. Adriana, it's always good to see you. And I'm going to have you back on and I hope we can uh, do great things and, and as things come up and, yeah. um, you know, purpose driven people. This is what the whole show is about guys. And, and Adriana represents that. How can they find you? What's Where's the best place they can go and read about you? Um, you know, go check out my YouTube channel. Okay. It's uh, under Adriana Rosales. Uh, it's Heart to Heart Conversations for Transformation. Uh, would love to have you subscribe and check out a lot of the videos that I put out. And uh, you can find me on my webpage too. It's um, Adriana.company. All right. And Amazon, right? To order the books. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Amazon, I have all my books there. Yeah. All right. Definitely go check her out. She won't be, uh, and she has it both in English and Spanish, right? Yes. And and I'm, and I have it in Mandarin and Swahili oh, soon. There you go. Swahili and then Mandarin. <laughs> you're, you're, you are killing it. Thank you so yep. much for doing what you do. It's a blessing that uh, you, you just are changing lives and you're awesome. Thank so. you so much, Matt. I appreciate you. I'm so excited that, uh, you, that you're doing these uh, conversations online and I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, following you and checking out your book that's coming out and, um, you know, hearing more from you. So thank you yes. so much. For no having worries. Me. Well, there you go, Adriana. And if you have any questions, go check her out, go um, to her website. You definitely don't want to miss out. 
And remember to go over to iTunes and give us a four, four or six star if they have the sixth. But we'll take a five, but five star <laughs> response. And tell us what you learned from today's episode with Adriana. And also let us know how we can help you. Give us the responses you need and we'll dive in and find the right people to bring them to the show in Purpose Driven Show. So thank you so much. Until next time, continue to be you and don't give up on yourself and drive your purpose and don't let people keep you down. Take care, guys. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the Purpose Driven Person podcast. Something I said today resonated with you. Head over to my website. I would love to give you a free gift to download, but you can also email me at purposedrivenperson at gmail.com. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And remember, guys, always continue to push your dreams and never give up. I'll see you next time. Take care.